0: So on this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, we've got our very first director. Uh, he directed many great films like The Blue Lagoon, White Fang, Greece, and The Flight of the Navigator. It's, of course, Randall Kleiser. Randall, thank you so much for joining us on the show.
1: My pleasure. It's always good to talk to you. We had a We tried last week and it didn't work because I was in my car.
0: (laughs) Modern technology and um, canyons uh, can uh, not not work together, I think, um, which we have discovered. But uh, before we talk about Fly Fly to the Navigator and this wonderful new documentary, Life After the Navigator, um, how is everything with you, with work and, and, and COVID and everything like that at the moment? I
1: have been uh, able to do some writing, which is great. I've been working on a couple books. I have one book that I finished called uh, Grease the Director's Notebook that's out from HarperCollins. And now I'm working on two more. And uh, I'm going to pitch a series to the streaming platforms. So I've been real, real busy. Um, Also building some smart stages here in Los Angeles where uh, directors can come and shoot with LED walls and and green screen and virtual production. So I I think that COVID has actually sped up a lot of things that would have taken a longer time to develop, such as more video conferencing like this. Mm -hmm. Uh, People are all doing it now. Online learning has gone through the roof, of course, because it had to. But actually people are discovering that this is a a form of um, communication that, that works really well and uh, even when the when the virus is gone or, or controlled people will be using this a lot more so i think there's some benefits uh not benefits but some good things that have happened because of this pandemic but it's i think
0: I, you know what i think because of obviously the pandemic is 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 you know not a fantastic thing but i've got to say the creativity that's going to come out of this, I've been saying to everyone, is going to be unbelievable. That explosion of creativity, writing new series yeah. and films, I suppose that is the silver lining. We're going to get, you know, unbelievable shows at the end the end, at the end of this and un- unbelievable films.
1: That's true, because people can now concentrate on, on things. Like, before the pandemic, I could never sit down and focus and write, but I've been able to now
0: that is wonderful so let's talk about life after the navigator this is a documentary uh, directed by lisa downs at spear change films uh, lisa gave me uh, an ad- advanced viewing of the documentary and yeah. i've got to say it's it's ap- absolutely stunning and it's hitting our screens on the 9th of december and you can pre-order uh, the blu-ray right now how did the documentary come about for you because your class as an executive producer on the actual project
1: uh, when I heard that when I heard that uh, <laughs> when I heard that Joey Kramer had b- robbed a bank, I was in shock because knowing Joey as I did do um, you know he's a good kid and and I just couldn't believe it, so I tried to reach out, but I couldn't find him anywhere and finally, I tracked down his mother, she told me he was in jail, and I could write to him and i I did, and he wrote back and Told me what had happened, uh, which is all included in the documentary. This amazing story mm. of why he robbed the bank is all in there. And uh, it'll surprise everyone because, um, well, the biggest issue is his father told him he should kill himself, and that mm-hmm. would screw up anybody. Anyhow, uh, so I knew it was a really, really great story. And I, because I'm writing my memoirs right now, I started writing about it. And then I I heard from Lisa Day, or I'd seen her first show, Life After Flash, which is very good about uh, Flash Gordon and the actor Sam... um, J.J. Jones, yeah, Sam Jones, and what happened to him after he shot that movie. But Joey's story is much more dramatic because of the bank robbery. And so... um, I knew it would be a really interesting movie. And when Lisa said she wanted to make it, I wanted to help out any way I could.
0: Yeah. And and I've got to say, seeing all the stars uh, over 30 years later coming together in the same room is an absolute delight to see. Uh, how was it seeing all, all, all those casts back together for the uh, well, first time?
1: When I called my cast members for Fire the Navigator and the producers and said uh, that this doc- documentary was happening and they'd heard about Joey, they heard about him robbing the bank and they were all curious and, and fascinated and wondered why and how and what. So they all, I told them a little bit about why he did it and what, what he had gone through, the stuff he'd gone through and they all jumped at the chance to support him and come and meet again and talk to him and, and see how he's doing. So we, we got a soundstage in Hollywood, the one I'm working on with uh, making virtual productions. And we all joined together there and, and met with Joey. And then we also arranged to uh, show The Fly of the Navigator at the American Cinematheque at the Egyptian Theater in Hollywood Boulevard. And uh, we had a big screening and that was packed with fans. And, and afterwards, Joey was signing autographs. And so, you know, he's really getting back up on his feet He's available to do other movies. I think he's a very really good actor, and I think his career could get back on track now.
0: Well, he's definitely working now because I was actually set to interview him today, but he's on set working. So oh, he's really? obviously What's doing shooting? all
1: right. Do you know what he's shooting?
0: Um he's shooting a, a a a thriller. Uh let me just have a look on here because he actually did um post something not that long ago Um, but yeah it's really really good because i know that obviously you wanted to get back to do uh acting and i've got to say the documentary for me you know throughout watching it i laughed i cried Mm -hmm. and at the end you know as you said about the bank robbery you know when i first heard about that i was like what he's gone crazy but then when you watch the documentary it really opens your eyes to issues that that joey has had as well as many other people out there and how much help is needed um for those people yeah he's on a pro- um, production called 12 step strangler <laughs> um i is by hayley house productions so he's he's on set filming that so i'm sure oh, i'll get an good. insight of what that is when i interview him um so yeah so this documentary i've got to say I, you know what i think all the fans are scree- screaming out for for it and i think it's going to do very very well when it gets released i've got to say but talking about flight of the navigator you know what i love about the movies from the 80s is that a lot of the effects uh, were done for the very first time um which must have been so challenging for a director um, is there any effect that comes to mind that was challenging for you on, on, on that production? Well, the
1: ship was the, was the thing I wanted to do differently from all the other movies that I'd seen, you know, like Star Wars and E.T. and all those movies. Uh, I wanted to find a way to make something different. And my brother does visual effects. And so he showed me um, a new thing, which was called uh, morphing at the time. No one had done it where you can change from one shape to another. And he had done it with a bottle of Tide for a commercial. And I saw, I said, wow, could we do that with a ship? And he said, yeah. And then and then I saw in a book on special effects, this idea of, um, uh, it's called um, image-based lighting, where you take the background of a, of a picture and you wrap it onto a computer graphic uh, uh, man-, man-, man manquette, uh, to create something that looks like mirror. And so we combined those two things together, the shape change and the, and the idea of image-based lighting. And that's how we made the ship. And no one had seen something like that before. And the next year, I believe it was James Cameron used that technique for Terminator 2 to create the, the cop that was mirrored.
0: There you go. You started it all, all, Randall. Um, You know, I've got to say, you know, the effects. I mean, I watched the actual film again the other day because um, from Second Sight Films... You can actually get the limited edition um, DVD, which is from the 4K scan, uh, which has got some great extras in there, including the storyboard and uh, lots of uh, fun facts and and information in there. Um, But why do you think the film has got such a following 34 years later? It's crazy. Looking back all those years. Well, I think the theme is very uh, identifiable.
1: I mean, especially people who have a sibling, Brother or sister, because the idea of a of a younger brother becoming an older brother is fascinating to anybody who has a, a sibling. That I don't think has been done in other movies that I can think of. Uh, so that's a theme that people love. the The idea of losing a family and then get regaining them is another theme that I think people can identify with. Um, the the joy of having a space uh, alien as a friend is certainly something that's been done a lot, but in this case, it was just done a little differently. And we had Paul Rubens doing the voice.
0: Oh, he's fantastic. And
1: um, I guess, you know, the effects being sort of like, not in your face so much as you find today with a lot of the movies where there's just so many visual effects that you can't, it feels like a fire hose in your Mm -hmm. face um this is done little little more sparingly and, and um and with thought. I mean, not that they don't have thought, but it's just too much a lot of the times, I think.
0: Yeah yeah I mean, I mean, I've got to say though, the effects still stand stand up now. I, I, I think it's fantastic. You know, the work on that movie was outstanding. And they always say, as well, talking talking about kids, they always say, never work with animals and children, but you've actually worked with animals and children quite a bit in your in your past with white Fang and fly fly to the Navigator. Yes. Um how is that working with animals and and and, and kids as a director in general? Um, Well, uh,
1: working with any actor, you
0: have to have an action, something that
1: they want to do. And it's the same with children or animals, they have to have a a goal. And with uh, animals, it's usually food, the trainer has food on one end, and (laughs) and the animal wants to get to it, or the animal wants to do the trick to get the food. with children, you know, you just have to make it into a game so that they have something that they want, and then you get them to do it that way.
0: Mm. I mean, watching the movie now, fly fly to the navigator. Now I'm older. You know what? I've realized how good Joey is as an actor. You know, yeah. back then in that movie, you know, watching him and the emotions. How was he to to direct? Because it was such a an an amazing you know actor at that that age?
1: Well we saw about 300 kids uh, to find Joey and when we when when I when I worked with him on this screen test I could tell that he was the one because he was able to immediately uh, become emotional and, and get tears in his eyes when he was talking and he was just very uh, in touch with his emotions and so um, he was easy to direct I mean I I just would you know, roll the camera, and he would get into it. And I just had to tell him a little bit to get him in the mood, and then he would he would do it. Yeah. So, he uh, was a really really fine actor, and I'm sure that you know he's now that he's back on his feet, he can re- regain that
0: momentum. Yeah. And back then, um, I don't know if it's changed now, but obviously the laws of working with kids and how many hours you can actually have 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 them working is that changed now, or is it the same as you know, back then?
1: I believe it's the same. I think uh, different ages, you know, there's a cutoffs, four Mm -hmm. hours for one age group and maybe six for another. It gets uh, more as they get older. But babies, I think, are still only uh, like an hour. I don't know if it's an hour or less. Uh, I do remember one crazy time when I was directing TV, uh, hour TV. I was working with a baby and uh, they had... They didn't want the baby's eyes to be bright. and They didn't want the lights to be bright on the baby's eyes. So they had to turn off all the lights in the soundstage and bring the baby in. And then they turn the lights on, roll the camera and then turn them back off. But they had the baby waiting outside to come into the dark soundstage in the sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> so it's <was> absolutely crazy. <laughs>
0: Wow! Yeah, it wouldn't make any difference whatsoever. No. Um, <laughs> so, when the movie first first came came across your desk, so fly fly to the nav- navigator, the pitch came across your desk, and you read it for the first time. What was your first impressions of that movie?
1: I, well, I always wanted to do a sci-fi movie. I've always loved them. I've loved Boris Karloff was one of my favorite actors, and I I loved all the space films that I saw when I was a kid, and and I was a I subscribed to Famous Monsters of Filmland. and I, That was the only movie as a, as a boy that showed a little bit of behind the scenes of how you make a movie. You know, nowadays you can see it on YouTube, everything. But mm. back then when I was a, a boy, uh, there was nobody talking about how you make movies. And that was one of the comics or not com, magazines that showed that. And yeah. plus, I just loved it. So I was, I was very excited to do a, a space movie.
0: And was there anything that, um, you know, was filmed, but never made it to the screen, which looking back you wish would have?
1: I think the only thing that I wish we could have done was go to the uh, Kennedy Space Center, which we were scheduled to go to. But the week before we went, the Challenger disaster happened. So we had to, right. instead of going there, we had to use a, a, I think it was a sewage plant and turn it into NASA.
0: <laughs> wow you obviously did a good job because <laughs> i wouldn't have thought that um you know because i what i loved as well uh, during watching the uh film was how you use the perspective of the camera so when obviously uh david freeman is at nasa there were a few shots where you know we was looking at it from david's perspective and i thought thought that was fantastic uh is is, is that shot commonly used um
1: you mean just his, his, his point of what he sees, you mean? Yes,
0: yes. So obviously the people are talking down, down the camera to him and you, you, you feel a lot more sucked into David and what he's feeling. Right. I, I, I think that's brilliantly done.
1: Yes, the point of view camera is very helpful and you know uh, that works really really well in virtual reality which is something I just have been experimenting with lately with a, a series called Defrost VR and uh, anybody who has a headset I can find that at veer.com, at V-E-R, actually defrostvr.com is a place you can go to track it down, but it's it's where you have, you're completely the point of view of the character and you become a woman who's been frozen for 30 years and she's brought back to life and you are her and you, you people are talking to you and you look around the room and you're, you can, it's 360. And uh, it's amazing that when actors look into the VR camera, it feels not like they are actors, but they're real people looking right at your eyes because it's all in three D, and it's it's uh, that's the ultimate point of view. Is is this way we did defrost VR?
0: It must be totally crazy for you because obviously, starting uh, you know in the late seventies to now, that technology is crazy on where where where, where it's gone. Isn't it? I just
1: Yes, and I I did a thing for Intel and Paramount, which was a um, virtual uh, reality uh, music video where uh, you will be able to take your phone and and, uh, you click on it and suddenly there's 20 dancers dancing on the desktop uh, or or on the rug, wherever you want to do it, and you can go in with your phone and move around and look at them as they dance through uh, a song from Greece. You're the one that I want.
0: Oh, wonderful! Is that like uh, aug- augmented reality sort sort yes, of thing? I'm, I'm oh, that is reality, awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. So, so what was your proudest or is your proudest moment of flight of the Navigator when you look back?
1: Um, I think some of the flying shots are look so beautiful. You know, when the when the when the uh, spaceship is flying across the ocean and it's reflecting the clouds and the and the water. I mean, that that still looks good today. And um, uh, I think the scene—I I love the scene where the spaceship is crashed, and the camera dollies along, and you see the the broken-down um, tower and, and the sparks mm. going off, and they—and then they find the, the, the ship floating there. That—that's kind of fun. I—I I, I like that. That feels like it's from an old sci-fi movie.
0: <laughs> and would you ever, if if it came across your desk, do a sequel or? Do you not believe in sequels?
1: Well, I prefer to do new things, uh, and I'm very excited about some of the projects I'm working on. So, you know, I mean, if I could fit it in, maybe, but uh, I, I, my focus is more on new stuff.
0: Yeah, I think I think a lot a lot of people, when they talk about sequels or remakes, I think they really should leave it alone because you know it can never bring back that nostalgia of 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 being i think i was i think i was about seven years years old when when i saw it so from your point of view what makes a good director randall
1: i think somebody who can relate to people who has empathy and can get that across because uh you always want the viewer to become um involved emotionally in your film whether it's uh fear or excitement or romance or nostalgia. You want them to feel something. It's not just pictures. So you have to, as a director, know how to, how people think and how they react and try to trigger those moments for them.
0: And what other director out there do you think is doing a, a sterling job?
1: Well, Christopher Nolan is wonderful. Uh, Scorsese uh, is great. I mean, I love Scorsese's films because uh, you really do get involved in them in a heavy duty way. And he just is a great storyteller. I, I think he's probably my favorite director.
0: And what sort of films are, are you itching to, to do yourself? If you had a choice on the type of movie that you wanted to direct, what sort of movie uh, would that be?
1: I'd like to do a big science fiction movie. I have one in mind and uh, but I'm trying to get the rights to it. And, um, I, I've got a, a film set in a Mexican prison, and I have another one that's a romance in Paris. So I've got a bunch of yeah. scripts ready to go. Just,
0: I think that's films. Law Law of Escape, is isn't it? That the one the Me- yes, Mexican prison right. that yeah. actually looks an amazing film. I mean, it's 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 based on true events. Right. Um, and just reading up on that film, I'm excited. I want to watch it now. I really do. It looks wow. awesome. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so how has Hollywood changed for you over the years uh, in the way that they make movies, in the way you know they cast?
1: The Hollywood studio system has changed a lot. I mean, there, there used to be uh, many, many movies being made, and now because of uh, blockbusters, that's the only ones that they make. So smaller movies are being done mostly for streaming services, so that's a big mm. change. Uh, the way films are shot is completely different from when I started, which was on film and now everything is digital and, uh, and you know, virtual production is, is, has started to become, uh, used, but because of the COVID situation, it's being ramped up really, really fast mm-hmm. and I'm right now helping to build, uh, three sound stages in Hollywood that won't be able to use the, that technology. So that's one of the big changes. People are now wanting to shoot a Paris in, the, in a sound stage rather than go there.
0: Mm, yeah. Which, you know, obviously location shooting is never going to replace green screen, I suppose to an extent, but what would you change about Hollywood if you could change anything?
1: Uh I would change it by having filmmakers decide what movies are made instead of executives that have come from their lawyers or, or you know people who are not filming. I think in the old days, there were um, executives who were creative and now there's committees that, that think about marketing and, and should this movie be made? Or what's the, la- the, the last movie that this actor did shoot? make money it's all become very bean counter like and there used to be more instincts involved
0: Mm. I mean I've got to say it's like uh, talking about like Joey Kramer because obviously you know back back when he was doing Flight of the Navigator it really propelled him into star stardom and he was wanted by many productions even being offered Star Trek um having a part on that, I mean, what do you think would would help Joey in Hollywood now um you know in in the way what will, help joey his... in Hollywood now.
1: Yeah. what will help joey what will help Joey in Hollywood now is people seeing life after the navigator and seeing his story and seeing how he is now and how charming and likable he is now and knowing that he's a good actor. So, I mean, all those factors together should help him launch back up into more work. And I'm so wow. happy he's working even today.
0: Yeah, no, that that, that is awesome. Um, so, obviously, what's what's next for you? What can we see of yours coming up very soon?
1: I think the, the, the two things are defrostvr.com and then um, this music video from Paramount, uh uh, the greece music video should be coming out i'm not quite sure when
0: oh that is awesome and uh, just just quickly before we wrap up this wonderful interview um, you was roommates with george lucas i've i've been told is that correct
1: that's true yes
0: and please tell me that you gave him the idea for star wars
1: <laughs> <laughs> no but i was an actor in his very very first film that he ever made which was a, a wind up uh 16 millimeter bolex film uh, we shot in Malibu canyon and it's called freiheit it's on youtube freiheit f r e i h e i t it means freedom in german and i play a german student escaping across the Berlin border and then uh, being shot so that's his first movie
0: that is wonderful that is and, and what and what is he like as 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 a person, because he seems he seems quite a a reserved gentleman.
1: Yes, uh, he never gets excited about anything. Uh, <laughs> I, always, I always would try to say, "Hey, George, isn't this exciting?" He says, "Not really."
0: <laughs> wow, he's
1: very low key, very low key, except when he gets angry. But uh, he's um, he's always thinking, always working, and uh, you know uh, he. he Walt Disney was one of my idols when I was a kid, and I didn't ever believe that I would be rooming with the next Walt Disney.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's gone a long, it has gone a long way, and has obviously rubbed off, rubbed off on you because you have produced uh, some amazing movies uh, that are, are standing the, uh, the, the, you know, they're timeless, like Greece and 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 Flight, Flight of the Navigator, to name a few. And I've got to say, thank you so much for Flight of the Navigator. It really paved my child childhood, and uh, Life of the Navigator, I think, has really put the cherry on the cake. Um, you know, to to give it that nod, and I'm sure that sales of Fly to the Navigator is definitely going up uh, in the next few months. Randall, thank you so much for this time to interview you. Uh, all, all the best, and keep safe. Um, what are you up to for the rest rest of the day? Are you relaxing or?
1: I'm going to be writing the rest of the day. So uh, oh, I always love doing that, and now I can.
0: Wonderful, Randall. Thank you so much, sir.